Let's get ready to rumble! Intervention jam-packed show today. Peloton of five percent. What's up, discipline investor? We got Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingsley is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Ticket Nation Power Hour. This is my best Luke Jacoby impression. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not Luke Jacoby. Woo! Yeah, you might need a few uh, more. Uh, I I need some more Red Bull. I need some more um, other things. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, because Luke's energy is hard to match. But welcome to the Power Hour. Spencer Israel, uh, Aaron Bree, uh, Jason Rasnick in the house. No, Oh, oh, Jason Rasnick is here. What's up? Hey. Oh, hey. Wow. What are you doing here? What am I I doing here? What are you doing here? You're never on our show. I well never clearly is not a thing because we, we invited him on today. We got a special show today. All right, no, I'm just kidding. I I I heard Drew is coming in because Luke. Did you guys talk about why Luke wasn't there? Uh, I I was just gonna say Luke. Luke is not here very clearly. Uh, he had a family thing is why I, is what I was gonna say. Uh, so I, Luke was like, I got a family thing. I gotta leave. Can you step in? I was like, okay. So that's what I did. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't know you were coming on today. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. No, I don't need to. I, I should be doing other stuff right now, but yeah. um, I just wanted to say hi. Okay. Um, yeah. Luke's grandma, who's who's been sick, passed away. So that's why Luke today had to yeah. leave. Everyone send, send Luke your love. We are sending him our love uh, from here. Uh, but the show must go on. And that's why we, we got we got three guests in the next hour. We got a lot to get to. So, Raz, hey, one hang, question: How yeah. was your, how was um, the um, beach body? Beach body, yeah. I've lost weight. Or I've lost two pounds already. So it's 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 great. It was great. Um, no, it, it was really good. It was. The, what, the were they, what were they saying? Seriously, um, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. We're, we're going to have a recap article up very shortly. We'll have clips up on on the Benzinga Clips channel. You should all check it out. I, I'm not going to tell sit here and tell you what was said because you should watch it yourself. The show just ended. It's still it's up on YouTube. Wait, I have a question. Did you yeah. watch it? I watched part of it, not all of it. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I love you. You're, you're the man. I love how you answered those questions. That was great. That was great. You did a great job. That was great. Thank okay. you. I learned from the best. Yeah, you did a phenomenal job spoiling it. But then I was like, wait, he's not giving me anything. So I was like, so that was good. Spencer. Did you like having Aaron Bree in the office this week? Like is a strong word. Um, same, same. It was, it was okay. It was okay. I don't know. I mean, he's he's far away from me now, which is nice. He was sitting next to me for like you know three days straight, which is a lot to handle. He just, in my opinion, Spencer. Yeah. My years of Benzinga, he has a ton of potential, and I <laughs> I want him to get there. We're gonna talk about him as if he's not a year. No, I want. I just want him to get there. He has a ton of potential. That's all yep. I want to say. Uh-huh. And I want him to get there. Yeah. And. I think one day it'll click and like on the show, he's great. Like all that stuff. He's great. Like he's a, he's a good looking kid. He dressed nice. He dresses nicer, but like um, there's something that I think is holding him back that I, like, will just one day just like come in 
and rock it out. And you're going to be like, Aaron Bree is the greatest guy we have. That's yeah. my belief. I swear, dude. I met him on Twitter. He was a fan of the shows or a fan of something. And um, I just think he has this uh, potential. Now, let's talk about Drew Levine for a second. Dr. Drew, let's talk about him. Okay, so Dr. Drew, Dr. Drew, I, I see you making an effort on the TikToks. I do, okay? But here's what you got to do. You got to get people to watch the first three seconds, okay? All you got to say, you got to like, you got to come out and go like, ready? Spencer, I may, I, may, I may blow out your ears. Just hold on. You got to come out and be like, hold on. You got to be like. Uh, we got to hold on for, yeah. Oh, my God. You're not going to believe this one stock is going to. And then they're going to tune in to hear the next part. You get on and you're like, you're like, you know, here's you got to get them to listen to the first three seconds. Once you get the first three seconds and then you do a part two in six seconds, that's how TikTok blows up. What's wrong? He, can you not hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, okay. I see Spencer doing like the 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 twisty shit. The twisty. Yeah, shit. yeah. Drew, Drew is too quiet. Drew is too quiet. I, okay. Yeah. All right. So you guys, if you're listening to the show, we got some new people on the show today. Yeah. You know, I'm not new like to you guys, but will you um we will you guys um give us like. likes, share yeah. on your social, tell the world we it's Kevin. It's not a Jim Cramer. I don't. The voice is not really the thing, Drew. You don't have to do that. To be honest, what you have to do is get people to make sure they want to see. So, Drew, if you got on there and said this, forget the voice. If you said this stock was bought by the biggest whale in the industry and then they want to hear what the stock is, you got to like tease that three seconds. It's like that girl you had a crush on in college and you're like waiting to talk to her outside class, but then she walks fast. So you had to chase her more versus she was just there right away to like talk to you. Then it wasn't the mystery, the tease. That's what you need to do with TikTok. I learned that from Justin Becker. Justin Becker is a local guy in Michigan. He has hacked TikTok. He has 2.5 million subscribers. All he does is these little things like, I can guess the color. I can guess the number one through 10. I can whatever. And then they, they say the thing about my kids used to do it all the time. And now they don't because they know it's stupid. But you because they're just like, he's not guessing it right. He's just doing this thing. He gets and he has four accounts and they have a total of six million followers. All I'm saying is the TikTok algorithm is get past three seconds. So you just got to tease them for three seconds. That's all. I, I like what Tom Tom White says. Oh, maybe it wasn't Tom White. I'm sorry. It was somebody else. Um, it, yeah, no, we got to summon our Billy Mays. Summon your, summon your inner Billy Mays, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 Like you got, they go, there's one more thing. Like I'm not saying you have to do the voice, the Jim Cramer thing or whatever, or get drunk and do a little uh, TikTok thing. I'm not saying that. It's just the three second, four second tease. And Drew, have fun with this weekend. You're actually like I like listening to you. I really, um, I really like it. It's not about emotion, by the way. It's about getting people for the mystery. If you watch the TikToks, and by the way, this is t when I say TikTok, this is everything, Spencer. Every single show that you watch, CNBC, t uh, C whatever it is, movies, it's all the suspense. And I'm going to hang up because I know I'm not talking stocks, but I got to tell you one last thing Okay. It, for Netflix. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh -huh. If you guys have not seen Long Shot, and I don't mean with Char Charlize Theron and uh -oh. Seth Rogen, I am referring to the baseball movie where the kid, the guy was going to be in jail for the – someone is giving me the hitchhike symbol. Are you hitchhiking over there, Drew? I mean, Aaron? No, that was me. I was just saying that's, that's one of the I best know. documentaries I've seen. With, with Cur Curvy Enthusiasm with Larry David. Oh, that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Dude, dude. Uh, Drew, uh, Aaron, I knew what you were doing too, but – yeah, that was the that was unbelievable. Okay, um, and I just saw it. So if you haven't seen it, it's an hour. It's a quick watch. 
And um, I hope you guys made a lot of money, by the way, on these stocks because you guys, let me tell you this story. I love this one stock, uh, BFFV or what was it? Big B Five Sporting B Goods? BGFV. BGFV. I bought it at $1.89, guys. I sold my shares at like two something, two ninety. It's at thirty four dollars today. If I didn't sell those shares, they'd be worth two hundred thousand dollars today for a hundred fifty thousand dollar gain. No, hundred eighty thousand dollars. It would be worth hundred fifty thousand dollar gain. So that's it. That's my life, and that's why I'm at work. Yep. See, All but right. I like work. I'm trying to build stuff. If you know any good designers, developers, let them let us know, and let the let the boys take the show over. I'll leave you guys alone. Much love. Peace and love. Who are the guests, Spencer, real quick? Oh, man. We got uh, Joseph Kalish at 12.15 from- you got Joseph Kalish? How'd you get Joseph Kalish? From Anachart? Okay. Yeah, uh, no, I'm serious. No, it's, it's, it's actually Kalish. It's Kalish? See, oh, I yeah. told you, Aaron Brick. Damn it. This guy. I, I said we, we have to get his pronunciation right. And he's- No, who told you it was Kalish? He said, he, he said, don't worry about it. The guy's cool. I was like, no, I'm not going to not worry about it. Well, I, I called him an he's ass. A nice guy. He's a nice guy, and I wanted to get his name right. So, all right. Okay. So, so it's English. Who else? Uh, we got the CEO of uh, See Your Bio, uh, Omid yeah. Farouksad at 12:30. We're going to talk good. biotech. We're going to talk. Um, he's so got, good. And, and then we got Aries Trading on, which is the, one of these newer uh, retail nice. trading platforms. Uh, and he's actually going to be. He's in office. He might be in office right now. Uh, I love. I just got to say, I love you guys. Spencer, Israel, and I bicker sometimes, but it's all in love. I want Spencer, I want us all to go after the prize and have fun while we do it. Spencer, if you want to play golf this weekend, let me know. I know you don't make I, I can't. I'm, I'm going to Traverse City for the very first time in my life, so I'm, I'm excited. Oh, you are? Yes, yes. You know, do you know where you're staying? Um, No, I don't know. It, no, I don't know anything. I'm just kind like of like a surprise. Yeah, it's a surprise. Wait, Raz. Speaking of of where you're staying, me and my buddy checked out a place last night. I think we're ready to lock down a lease. Whoa, 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 whoa. slow down there, I don't. Yeah, yeah, Spencer. Good point. Can I tell you guys a little secret? Sure. No one else is really listening, so I ask you guys where you're staying. There's a reason. When I, if there's someone I like at Benzinga, if I know they're on a trip and I know where they're staying, I call the hotel and I send them stuff to the room or I send stuff. So I found out Darwin was in New Orleans. That's so and, nice of you. Wow. And, and, and like I even or I or I buy a dinner for them. Like I you know, Darwin was New Orleans. The lady would not send stuff to his room. I said, I'll give you the credit card. I'll have an Uber bring you cash, whatever it takes. She would not do it. So I failed on that one. I'm still upset about it. I told her the, the Uber full of cash is a freaking well, I just was saying the most ridiculous things to her because she was not budgeting anything. I'm like, well, what if someone showed up with three hundred dollars in cash to tip you right now? Would you yeah. do it? We don't have it set up. It is Corona. I'm like, no, Corona's over. And you know, and like, she's like, well, we will not do it. Yeah. And then like, um, this guy Benny, he used to be at Benzinga. He went to dinner with like four to. Um, this thing is starting, postman, in thirty seconds. The, um, the, the, um, he went to dinner with like four people, and their dinner was paid for. It was a nice right. surprise. Well, I'm staying at an Airbnb anyway, so unfortunately, there's no no infrastructure for that. Uh, at the Airbnb, but I, I appreciate the sentiment and that's a very yeah. nice thing that you do. And we appreciate that. That's and why, that's why I ask. I know you probably wouldn't have said it publicly, but born to be free. Of course we have team members leave. Yes. That's good. I've never had people. an employee leave. What, 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 what do you think? What do you think we're, doing? <laughs> we're in jail. happening? People move, man. People, people do things with their lives. Jeez. Yeah. We don't lock them down. Yeah. I put up a handcuffs. I, I love you guys. All right. All right. Hey, Hey, I can send an Uber to an Airbnb. That's what I can do. Okay. Maybe. All right. Maybe. All right. 
Thanks a lot, Raz. And just like that, he's gone. Hurricane Raz, everybody. Uh, all right, let's just cover like just for two seconds before we bring in Joseph on. Uh, overall market, obviously, guys. The the story of the day is going to be uh, this this AMC stuff. Uh, so I'm watching that. Uh, more green on the screen. Uh, a lot more green than red on the screen uh, today. We're being led by. Woo! Yeah, woo. That's that woo is right. We're being led by healthcare. We're being led by technology, uh, real estate. Uh, only sectors lagging really are energy materials uh, and and banks are, are STK stakes. Wasn't that one of Raz's picks? Yeah, you know it's like the most obscure. What's restaurant. going on with STK stakes? What you, <laughs> that's my favorite stock. I love it, baby. STK. Uh, I'll be in Florida next week. Let's go for dinner. Uh, AMC, for those watching that here, let me bring up my, my Benzinger Pro, and then, I, and then I'm, we're going to get Joseph on here in one second. Uh, AMC, you can see that massive reversal. Where's my chart? There's my chart. Massive reversal in AMC today. It is now down for almost 5%. It was up to almost $36 uh, at the open and we're now down in the $25 range. So a massive reversal on that, uh, I guess, the temporary king of the meme stocks. And really, you saw that reversal happen while we were streaming at like 10, 30 or so. Uh, same is true for GameStop. Same is true for BlackBerry. Same is true for Beyond Me. All these things that ran uh, just reversed at like 10, 30 or so. So that's the story of the day. Uh, but let's bring on our first guest, if we can. Uh, Joe, so you know, Aaron, you say his name because you seem to know him so well. Yeah, you know, I call him, like I said, it's Joseph Kalish. Okay. And we're going to play our little intro and bring him on. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. Joseph Kalish. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. All right. I've got your uh, your site up on my screen. I'm going to share it in one second. Uh, Anachart, is that right? Yes. Explain. I, I like what you say at the top of the screen, the top of the chart there, that, as I'm, I'm sharing my screen. The only place showing analyst price targets, past and present. So ex- explain that. You're, you're just tracking price targets and basically over time. Is that right? So the the biggest issue that came forward for me was price targets are such an integral part of uh, stock uh, research and stock news and ecosystem. Right, and uh, and you have an you have a headline. This analyst gave this price target. That analyst gave, gave this recommendation, and want to say, okay, this is the now, but what was it before? Where does it come from, and and so forth. So, if you want to have some context about where does it come from, was the analyst always positive, negative? Was there a change? You know, is is the headline anything new, or is it old news? When you want to have context, that's what Anachart is for for that stock research. So you can know this analyst is, is biased. He, he's, he's a, he thinks that the stock is a good stock. He thinks it's a bad stock. He had the change of hearts. Who else covers the stock? And so if you look at the price targets, if you create all the, you connect all the price targets, the target, the price targets from previous points as a trend line to, uh, to the current one, you have much better understanding uh, of the relation of, between the analyst and the stock. So here's like my question though, because like a lot of times these like price targets, um, like they're they're obviously they're all rooted in like models and fundamentals, but they they're not always rooted in reality. Like you see these price targets that are like 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 a, an analyst would downgrade a stock to sell, and yet their price target is above the current price. That's just for example, uh, like and that make, makes no sense to me, right? Or vice versa, they upgraded to buy and their price target is, is like lower. Like h- how do you square that circle? So that's that's not my job. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> okay. I'm, my job is is 
for the for the buy side per se, the the yeah. retail, the the more professional, you you have an analyst, and with all the respect, his model, his algorithm is his private uh, information. I'm not I'm not telling him is he a good one, a bad one. I just want to bring some context between his past performances uh, to the present, so you can say, okay, maybe he's using model A, and this is how model A fares with this and this stock. Maybe model A will fare better with a different stock, but what I want to give is a visual, uh, visual, provide visualization of how does it look? How the, how was, was his performance uh, fared over time? And, and that's something that I think which is uh, necessary for, especially for investors who are uh, in some ways are at the mercy of, of, uh, of a self-side analyst. Yeah. Because some of them, some of them move the market. Some of them don't. Some of them wish to have everything very discreet and they don't disclose. Some of them, are on the headlines every week. So all I want to do is just condense as much information as possible regarding the final outcome, give it to the to the user and let him do his research after that. It's it's not very much different than you want to buy a product and you go on Amazon and you want to know um, here is the guys who gave uh, uh, this review and here are the guys who gave that review and here it changed, and you want to see the you want to see the reviews of people who are not so happy with the product, and you want to see the people who are super happy with the product, and right. you want to do a market research. So, okay. Uh, so my question is, do you have a general sense then of like who the most influential? I know you're tracking relationships, but like as far as who the most influential firms or analysts are, because like I've observed this not. Um, you know, I have no data to back it up, but just like anecdotally that certain analysts are like, for example, uh, John Inch is an analyst and he's super influential when it comes to GE. Right. Um, And there are some analysts that, that for whatever reason, like the market like values their ratings and their notes uh, more than others. Do do you also uh, observe that? So my, my, uh, the, the website on the chart is, is objective. It doesn't express right. a, an opinion. It just presents the facts. Here's the frequency of the amounts. We can go to, uh, you said GE? Well, yeah, that was like one example. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we can, um, we can share a screen and see what's up. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Okay. So if we go, um, okay. So... Here you are, guys. And uh, if we go to the website and let's log in. Wait, can you share your screen though? We're not, we're not seeing your... Uh... Oh, you don't? No. Can you go, go, oh. to, go to the screen share? Oh, button? Course. I see. Yeah. Share. Um, okay. Share. Uh, do you see uh, it now? I do see. Yeah, but can you get us over to the to your site? There we go. There we go. Okay, so the site is, is very basic. You pick a, a stock, you search for an analyst or a broker. So let's say we want to go for GE. Sorry, over here, GE. So we go in, and here's GE. And uh, the more analysts, the the higher the you can. The more analysts, the the chart takes a little bit more time to upload, but it's really, really, really fast. So just uh, give it a sec. Okay, so over here, uh, let me zoom out so we can have a better image. Okay. Do you see the image over here? Okay, maybe that's a little bit too much. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Oh. 
Okay, this is great. We can also max out. So, which analyst were you referring to? I was referring I was to John. John, and Gordon. And Gordon. John, John, what? I'm sorry. John or John John is what he goes by. Yeah, um, I I cover institutional analysts. Uh, here, John Ritchie. No, not good. John Ritchie. Is somebody else, right? Yeah, John Inch is his name. Which which broker does he work oh, for? Gordon Gordon Haskell. Oh, here is John Inch. Okay. So yeah, okay. let's go full screen. So we, can we, so we can do this. We can we can take John Inch and we can show him. For instance, I can maximize the window because we've picked him up. Once we have the setting, just to so have a better resolution. Okay. Okay. So what you see over here, you see his price there gets over time, and you can see the frequency. And the more frequency you have, you know, with uh, with uh, let's say with the price targets that you have, the more points we have over here over time. So let's say over here, we take this part. We can zoom out on the when G took a dive. We're talking about uh, 2017, 2018. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was something with a pension fund over there. So for instance, over here. Um, he gave um, a 23 price target, which was pretty much on the same. He was neutral. And over here, he lowered his price target as the as the stock went down. Uh, do you see it? Yep, I see it. So you can have a pretty much relationship. You know, did he give a forward warning that the stock is going down? Was he optimistic? You know, uh, for instance, over here, he said uh, by there was an article in Barron's that he gave a buy recommendation uh, and so forth. So you have a little bit more color. Over here, he was neutral. Most of the downcline, the decline of the stock, he was neutral in, in aspect. So I just gave you what, over that, for instance, for John Inch over one second, uh, you can have an image, for instance, when he says, uh, you know what, let's say over here in the last, his last, risk, his last recommendation, he upped his price target from 11 to 13. But uh, most of it, you can see that, his, for instance, his relations is mostly neutral. Uh, do you see that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up on my screen. Oh, it's a little better. So what you're saying is is this isn't an indicator in this specific instance. Yes, his price target is not, is just one to one relation to the stock. Pretty much, pretty much, you can say that John was neutral regarding the stock. Okay. He, he, he was neutral all throughout the decline and in the last, let's say, for the last, let's say, from 2017. Let's say he started to cover the stock somewhere around 2012 when, we, when there was some media coverage, and most of his uh, idea was was you know it was lukewarm. It wasn't he wasn't negative about the stock. He wasn't positive. I, I mean, he was, he was pretty negative. He was on, on our show. He was pretty negative about it. But um, oh, so well. you have these ratings for for every major sell side firm, is that right? So yes, of course. Uh, that's that, that's the goal. So uh, the the. To give as many as many analysts as possible for um, uh, for as many stocks as possible, especially right now we only do the north, uh, the U.S. Uh, the goal obviously is to have any anything which is Canada, U.K. Uh, and so forth, which is uh, probably going to happen 2021, 2022. So, uh, and, so and it, who who is using Anandchart? Is it like institutions? Is it retail traders? Uh, most of it is retail. We we do have some hedge funds on the on the on the firm because it saves them time to to focus on exactly on the on the sell side analyst that wants to cover the research that he wants. The 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 cost is not expensive. It's less than what they'd make in fifteen minutes. 
and I'm being conservative over here for the for the monthly cost. Right. So it's good time. All right, Joseph Kalish is the founder of Anachart. The the screen was up before. The link has been up. A N A Chart dot com. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today on Power Hour. Thank you for having me, guys. Let's talk about AMC here. That's all <laughs> they want to talk about, Drew. Yeah, I know. I keep seeing that in the chat. Um, I mean, the sell-off was somewhat expected, right? It's kind of rebounding a little bit here at 27. Uh, was at 36 um, today when it opened up. But, I mean, you guys got to expect this somewhat, right? When you see a stock getting shorted and short squeezed, the cycle will rinse and repeat, right? So this thing's going to be volatile. It's going to be volatile for a while. I know some of you guys in the chat were trading and whatnot. Just know that it's going to be risky, right? So if you're going to try and do a day trade and, you know, don't walk away from your computer, right? Because you might be down a few percent to, yeah. you know, 10. So. Exactly. I mean, this can happen. I'm not really sure. Like somebody buying it at 35 or 36, maybe you thought it could go to 40. I, I, I don't know. But like, let this be a lesson in like knowing and having stops, right? How often do we say this on pre-market prep? Like Dennis never goes into a trade thinking about what he's going to make. He doesn't think about what he's going to lose. If you're watching our show a couple of days ago, we had this great guest on, uh, Trevor Neal. Uh, this guy has been around for, for, for like 40 years. And he said for every winning trade, he has six losers. The difference is his losers are small and his winners are big. Because he controls his risk and he cuts his losses, so and that's the, I know that's easier said than done. I, I know it's hard. I know, but you got to go in to a trade with the idea. Okay, worst case scenario, it falls X amount. I'm done. I'm out. Right. Uh, it's hard to do that with with a stock like AMD. Or, I'm sorry, AMC, because um, it's so it's so volatile. But that's how you approach it. You go in. With a with a loss limit in mind, whether it's a formal stop loss order, or if it's just a mental stop, but that's how you prevent this from happening. That's how you cut your losses. All right, or pre pre prevent your losses from being big. We do have our guest here in studio, so I want to bring him on here. Oh, Priest Ray B, you're back. Yes, sir. <laughs> you you were gone for a minute. I didn't know where you went. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, let me bring on uh, our next guest here, Omid Farukzadi, is the CEO of Seer. Bio ticker S E E R. Omid, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, let's just start with this. I'm, I'm going to bring up uh, uh, our screen share, uh, your site here, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Seer Bio. Yeah, so Seer is a, a, a platform company, um, sells a product suite that enables uh, scientists and clinicians um, to access the proteome the totality of your proteomic information um, at speed, scale, depth, breadth, that was previously not possible prior to SEER. Explain, like, you know, we are humble <laughs> traders here. I explain a little bit more about that, though. Like, like what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so look, um, you know, most folks know what the genomics is, um, uh, you know, uh, People have invested in Illumina and, and an entire end markets that got created from broad scale access to genomics. Lots of exciting companies in that space. Um, if you think of um, genomics as basically DNA, uh, that is the, if you would, the software code um, for the instructions of life 
then proteins are the machinery that actually put those softwares in action. And by that, I mean um, virtually anything that happens in a living organism happens by the action of a protein or a group of proteins coming together as modules forming complexes that can then, you know, um, uh, perform a particular function within the body. And, and proteins are massively more complex in terms of their structure, in terms of their quantity, in terms of their diversity um, than, the, uh, than the genome. And so the ability to access the totality of the proteomic information, which is really, if you would, um, the study of life, uh, essentially, has been a, a major challenge given this complexity. Uh, and SIA provided a very scalable solution uh, to solve this problem. So can you explain then, like, like who you work with, like the, the market that you're in, and like, you know, who your who your customers are? Sure. Yeah, I think you know when you think of the customer base, um, you know, varied. So we have customers in in basic research and discovery applications, uh, customers in translational research, uh, or customers in diagnostic applications, and then you know, uh, in applied applications like ag, environmental, food safety, etc. So within the basic research, um, tons of applications in the proteomic space. Um, as I mentioned, uh, the proteome is complex um, in terms of how these proteins are different during health and disease. And by the way, remember, proteins are dynamic. Um, unlike your genome, which is static, what that means is that we're all born with the same genome. But during our lifetime, health and disease, our proteome changes and it changes constantly. And so those variants of protein that, that come and go during health and disease, cataloging all of those protein variants, connecting the proteomic content and information to genomic information is this emerging field called field of proteogenomic that essentially connects your genotype to the phenotype, which is really kind of your status. Um, and then the whole field of how these proteins interact with each other, enormously complex. Now, in the translational research applications, um, uh, remember virtually uh, most drugs today that are used work by their effect on a protein target. And so um, uh, as you begin to catalog the, the, the proteomic content and the proteomic information at a population scale, you get to discover a ton of uh, biomarkers. A lot of these biomarkers become target for, for potential drugs. Um, these, um, these biomarkers can be used um, you know, as surrogates in clinical trials. Um, and then these same biomarkers can be used for diagnostic applications. I mean, this whole field of early detection uh, and picking up cancers, even at pre-symptomatic levels, uh, became enabled by broad scale access to, to the genome, um, but accessing the proteome just takes you to a totally different level in the kinds of information that you can get. You're actually showing a really great slide right now. That slide um, shows you the complexity of the proteome. As you go from the left side of the slide, which is the genome, and you move your way to the right, which is gets you to the proteome, you can see biology goes through a number of complex steps so we start off with 20,000 genes. All of us, every one of the cells in our bodies has the same genome. So if you start off with about 20,000 genes, but by the time you end up 
on the proteomic side, you now have over a million different protein and protein variants. And that's because, you know, at every level going from the genes to, to the transcripts and messenger RNA, uh, more complexity gets added and then proteins are made and then proteins themselves get modified during health and disease. And so there has been no existing technologies prior to SEER that gets to the depth, the breadth of the complexity that you see uh, on the slide on the far right side. And SEER actually enables you to really access the proteomic information and the complexity of it uh, in a scalable way. And more importantly, in a cost-effective way at the speed that makes it possible to do the size of proteomic studies that today we do in the genomic space. Yeah, here's a, a question from our chat. This is from Only Biotech. Uh, he says, I know that SEER is in phase two. Uh, are they selling their proteins, uh, et cetera, already? Yeah, so by the way, you're looking at a really another another really um, informative slide, and I'll comment on it um, on this slide. But let me first answer the um, um, let me first answer the the question that came in. So we're on our phase two of our commercial plan. Uh, our commercial plan is a three phase um, plan. The first phase was the collaboration phase, where the, um, our solution that's called the Proteograph product suite. It comprises uh, our consumable, which includes our proprietary nanoparticles, uh, an instrument that automates our assay. Um, it's an OEM instrument. Uh, and then a software suite that helps the customer go from proteomic um, data, if you would, to proteomic and biological insight. So that solution called the Proteograph product suite um, was, uh, we began to commercialize that late last year. Um, we had a number of collaborations that include the Broad Institute, uh, Oregon Health, uh, Salk Institute, Discovery Life Sciences. Um, and then with the completion of our phase one of the commercialization plan, which is called the collaboration phase, we've now shifted to the limited release phase of our uh, commercialization plan. In that context, those are larger customers, essentially lighthouse customers, um, that and, and a set of them will actually become center of excellence for us that they do large-scale studies. And then the final phase of the commercial plan is the, uh, is the broad release, um, which I suspect will happen um, in early 2022. Um, and so, yes, the limited release customers, the collaboration customers uh, are, um, have the instruments, they're performing studies, um, the, the collaboration folks, the, the instrument has been installed, validated, they've done pilot studies on it, and they're now entering larger scale studies, uh, and the limited release customers are, are getting off the ground as well. So next big catalyst for SEER, what is that and when? Look, I think um, the, uh, if you would, the, the, the dimensions um, in terms of kind of measuring our performance, I would say, come, uh, you know, at various different levels. So. Number one, you know, we're we're uh, an organization in a very sharp slope of growth. Um, uh, so talent acquisition, the quality of the folks that are coming around the table, that's an important metric to follow. Um, next is that um, uh, uh, the, the validation of the technology in the customer's hands. Uh, we've already presented the technology at multiple conferences in, in, in 2021. In 2020, the underlying platform uh, was published at a top tier um, 
a peer-reviewed journal called Nature Communications. Um, I expect the customers are going to begin to present at conferences, and I expect the customers will begin to publish their own papers. Um, next is you have to kind of follow the, um, uh, the, the commercialization or the product. Uh, obviously, you have to keep our feet to the, to the fire with, with regards to the, um, to the placement of our instruments, the, the customers that we are acquiring. There's a tremendous amount of demand um, that we're seeing for the product. Um, so I, I suspect the, um, uh, the limited release phase, uh, we've already signed up a number of customers that we announced at the last earning call. Um, um, we'll, we'll continue to progress the balance of this year. Um, the next is you know, relationships that we formed with uh, potential partners. Those are gonna be um, relevant um, and important as you kind of uh, measure uh, the impact of the, 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 our platform in the whole proteomic space. Um, we've signed up collaborations um, with the leading um, uh, providers of detection instruments, so Thermo Fisher, uh, we announced that, um, Bruker, and most recently we announced SIEX. So these are the leading mass spec providers that are not partners to us. Um, and then finally, um, you know, you have to look at the um, um, revenue that's going to begin to get generated, uh, you know, follow our balance sheet. Uh, today we have uh, north of 520 or so million on the on the uh, on the balance sheet. We we had done um, an IPO uh, and a follow-on in December. Uh, sorry, an IPO in December and a follow-on uh, in January of this year. Um, so uh, so those are I think um, uh, would be good uh, if you would litmus test of our progress the balance of 2021. All right. Not sure why I'm hearing an echo. I apologize for any audio glitches. But our next guest is in studio, so this should go, this this should this audio should be clean. Uh, Reda Fali from Aries Trading, uh, and I'm going to share the screen. I'm going to bring him on here uh, just right now. Reda, uh, welcome. First, let's get Drew on. Drew, where'd you go? There you are. Reda, welcome to the Power Hour. How's it going today? Hey, how's it going? Can you guys hear me? We hear you. You is crisp. And I'm happy. I'm going to bring on my, uh, my share my screen here. Uh, Aries Trading, um, explain this. W what is the platform? Yeah, so Aries is a commission-free investment platform. Uh, we're actually pushing for the international market. Our goal is to just give people seamless, easy access to execute quickly on their trades with the best data possible. So you said primarily international. Is that just because the U.S. market is so saturated with this stuff right now or what? Well, so we are going to be available in the United States. Actually, TradeStation, our lead partner, is a massive broker in the United States. I just think that overall, internationally, the same kind of access that we have here in the United States, especially with Webull, Robinhood, and any other major broker, yeah. is just too saturated, right? So um, this is a huge benefit internationally. So uh, where specifically, though? Uh, right now, we actually have a ton of interest on our waitlist with users from the UK. Okay. It seems like options trading in the UK is really popping off, but the data on the platform, they just haven't caught up yet. Uh, so, you know, we I hear about a commission-free trading platform, and, and I think uh, great, uh, but also on the other hand, like they've gotten a lot of criticism. Some of it deserved, some of it, Maybe not in my opinion. Um, how, how do you avoid the the pitfalls that have plagued Robinhood, for example? 
Sure, man. That's actually a pretty valid question. So I think the number one thing Robinhood did was absolutely disrupt the market, right? So yeah. when Robinhood came out, pretty much every broker had to push to commission free. And with that comes its own pitfalls, right? They have to cut back on some things because they don't have money coming in from commissions. But now that the market has adapted to a commission-free environment, I think a lot of the things that people were afraid of before have been taken care of. And brokers have been able to pull out enough money to run a stable build with good quality data uh, without having to, the need to charge the end user commissions or excessive fees. Uh, and then it comes down to payment for order flow, which, which just to be clear, should not be a dirty word. Yeah. Um, but I would assume that's part of this, right? Yeah. So uh, TradeStation is actually a direct broker, and uh, uh, there are ways to pull cash out of uh, out of a client without having to run payment for order flow. But that is part of it, definitely. Yeah. Um, do Do you feel like uh, now that we've gotten to the zero commission model that we have Robinhood to thank for? Um, has that changed? just the structure of markets because the barrier to entry is non-existent i mean it's not you you have to be i don't know what, what is it 18 uh to open an account you, you have to have you have to have like an like you have to have a smartphone but but rather than those are those are bars that most people can clear right now do, do you think that the low bar is just changing the way markets behave because I mean, take a take a look at AMC over the last two days, right? I, I mean, over at it, and I've been looking at it all day. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, we're talking about new strikes being pushed. Uh, yeah, I, this week we when I was looking at it yesterday, forty dollars strikes were just being pushed, and this morning we were all over at thirty eight, right? So the reality is, man, uh, I think that the markets are changing. I, we have things like Dogecoin hitting billion dollar market caps. Uh, you can't argue that the markets are changing and I we part of it was Robin Hood, but the other part of it is just I think maybe it's uh, my generation that's the ambitious go getters, right? They it's natural. You're you're right. You're right. Um, okay, so give us a timeline here. We're not sure. in, we're not in the US now. Sure. Um, actually, we're in an open beta right now. We have okay. uh, just a little bit over a couple thousand users just to make sure our servers are stable and that everything is working perfectly. Uh, within the next three to four weeks, we should have a full global public launch. Uh, if you join the waitlist right now, you're going to be able to probably get a spot within the next couple of maybe within the next week, actually, because we're going to be ramping up. Things have been going perfectly. We haven't had any issues. Uh, we're pushing a massive update today to take care of all suggested. All, uh, we actually plan to have an open roadmap to make sure that our users are uh, just as involved in building the platform as we are. Because just like we were talking about earlier with the market adapting, I think that uh, the development is also adapting. And it's very important to take into the fact that it's, I don't know exactly what the user wants, right? And I think that right. with an open roadmap, that we're, and, uh, we're just going to be able to be far ahead of the competition. I see uh, you yeah, guys have some... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go I ahead. see you guys have some real-time analysis tools. Yeah, real customer service. I mean, those are you know tools that not every brokerage has. So, like, tell me why you guys chose to to in, implement those tools and what those look like exactly. Yeah, man. I think customer service gets a super bad rap. Uh, like, people don't like calling in, right? They would prefer to chat online and. Uh, 
that kind of sucks when you have a brokerage account, right? Like it, when you have money that, yeah, I mean, when you have money that you're trying to move or you're frustrated about an investment, it's really nice just to get an answer. And I find it ridiculous that Robinhood, Webull, any any of these major commission-free brokers that uh, are the primary, plat- the driving force behind these crazy market moves don't have anybody that you can just call or talk to or uh, and that sometimes it takes days to get an email response. So customer service was a big must for me because I'm a trader myself. And I, I just think it's important to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Uh, and then in terms of the real-time analysis tools, like, look, uh, there are people out there paying hundreds of dollars a month to get access to unusual options, uh, to un- unusual options data, to get access to charting uh, data. And that to me is a little bit ridiculous. It, it doesn't seem to make any sense. So if we want to make the playing field level and we want to give people the best way to trade, then we have to make sure that those tools are being built and given to the user especially if especially if i'm going to make if you know we can afford it right if there are enough users it's definitely something that's affordable you said you're a trader gotta ask you what are you trading yeah man i actually focus pretty much on disturbed markets like smaller market caps uh i think that's where the opportunities kind of exist because i can understand the companies a little bit more i could find value a little bit more i tend to stick away from uh you know things like dogecoin but for a long time, I ran, or I still do run a company called Ada Trade that tracks unusual options activity. And I would go live and just trade options, trying to scalp, trying to scalp day to day. So that's, I, I, I've done it all, man. I just been so a trader at heart. So your style is like trading like smaller, not necessarily liquid names. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a company, for example, that's trading at $50 million and you know that their assets are worth $65 million, eventually somebody's going to figure that out. Uh, and it just, yeah, about but not always, but not always though. <laughs> Value I'll investing give, is give, still alive. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you here. I'll, how about this? I'll give you an example. Earlier this week, one of my positions, MMAC got bought out at uh, $27 and I started a position at about 17. Uh, and that was just because I knew that the company was worth about $30. That's a solar financing company. And that, that opportunity still exists. Those opportunities are, uh, they still, they definitely still do exist. They're not massive gains, right? I'm not making thousands of percent instantly, but I got to make 67% over the course of a couple of weeks. And all it took was being able to read a balance sheet and, uh, value investing does exist. Is it slow? Yeah. (laughs) But it exists. Well, if you're right? not making a thousand percent, then what are we even doing here? Exactly, uh, man. If if yeah. I can't put ten grand in Dogecoin and be a billionaire overnight, then I'm not. not I don't, I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. A couple of questions from our chat here, just, just more about the platform. Um, regarding fund settlement, uh, Robinhood does give you instant buying power. Uh, can you speak a little bit to that, like uh, as far as fund settlement, um, and and uh, and 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 having immediate buying power. Absolutely. So uh, right now, if you do a regular smart transfer on our platform, it should clear within that same day, right? In the event that it doesn't, I really doubt that you can make a transfer last more than 24 hours, right? It's just given the way that banking is working nowadays. But in between between an ACH transfer, a smart transfer or a wire transfer, there's no way that you're not going to be trading within uh, 24 hours uh, on Aries. All right. So I I have a question for you. I've asked, I've interviewed... um people at Weeble, I've interviewed people at Gatsby, firms that are competitors of yours. Um, I have had this belief for, for a while now that there is such a thing as too e- as making it too easy, right? This isn't a game. This is real money. Um, do, you, do you agree or disagree with that statement that tra- trading should only be made so easy? It, 
to making it too easy makes it feel like a game and gambling and it's not or it shouldn't be i mean exactly so just like you it's talked not. about uh you talked about earlier how Robinhood has changed the way that the market is being moved right yeah. uh robin was also the first broker besides free commissions to gamify it right i mean to make it like it's it's very simple clean it's like a game and in my honest opinion i think that that has its good and it's bad because it hooks people Right. And it brings more people to it brings more eyes onto the market. And that, in my opinion, is a good thing. But people going on and playing it like it's gambling, playing with money that they 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 can't afford to lose. That's also pretty bad. And part of Aries and part of what I think any broker uh, uh, should push to do is making sure that the customer understands what they're doing. And beyond that, like with our Discover page, understanding how to mitigate losses with options, right? Options are not just buy a call, buy a put. They were invented as a way to hedge. So with the Discover page, we make it incredibly easy to see like, okay, I want a long Apple, but I'm only willing to risk 100 bucks. What can I do? Which options can I buy and sell at the same time? Which strategy can I employ so that I can maximize my uh, maximize my gain but reduce my risk? And right. I think gamifying education and gamifying the tr- like the execution should be the same thing. You know, um, it should happen at the same time. Yeah, I, and and again, like it, it all it always comes down to personal responsibility, right? And it and and you know, caveat emptor, right? Know what you're buying, know what you're selling, um, but but. You know, I also think like, for example, Robin Hood just got rid of the confetti, right? Like, 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 was the confetti necessary? Really? No, like, absolutely not. Like, but... like the, the fact that I can already roll over, wake up, roll over, and make a trade within five seconds is like easy. Like, I don't need any bills and whistles to already make. You know what I mean? So that, that's just my. I, I don't think most people agree with me. I think I'm in the minority here, but like, I do think like the platforms should have like some sense of like responsibility on their end to not encourage reckless behavior um so and i hope you can do that because um the last <laughs> thing is because the last thing we all want is for people to get blown up and then think the game is rigged forever when in reality the best way to build wealth and i know i'm soapboxing here but the best way to build wealth is by investing over time and platforms like this can, can help you do that but you can't do that by blowing up so yeah. And, and that's exactly our focus, man. Just making sure that people understand, like, yes, the world of options does exist. Yes, the Dogecoin world exists, but there is also value investing. There is also advanced options. Uh, uh, there are also advanced option strategies, and there's people making money out there. Just like Drew was saying earlier, like, uh, does value investing still exist? Definitely, man. You know, like, definitely. Look at the value investing ETFs this year. I just think it's. Uh, well, they were hot for a few months uh, for the first time in a decade. So I guess you've got that going for you, which is yeah. nice. Uh, but hey, no, props to you. You're a value guy. It's been really, really hard to be a value investor uh, by and large in the last decade. Because, And I'm not saying it's been hard to find opportunities. I mean, it's hard to look at the growth side and not be like, what am I doing? Looking for this value. <laughs> I should have just bought freaking Amazon and called it a day. You know what I mean? But- yeah, it's funny because I drive a Tesla, right? But I don't own any Tesla. So I <laughs> it sucks. You know, you see the stock go crazy and you're like, man, like. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, man. I bet. Well, props to you. I uh, look forward to following your progress. Again, I'll bring the site up on the screen. Uh, TradeAries.com, A R I E S, uh, is the website. We've been on with Red Afali. He's the uh, founder. Uh, of Aries and the website again, tradearies.com. Uh, and maybe you'll be able to come back on and tell us more about uh, development as you get as you get down the line and update us on, on your trades because we would love to have you back. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. All right. Dyslexic Drew, it is already 1 o'clock. Time flies when you're having a lot of fun. I'm having too much fun here. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Anything? Are you, any reaction to, to any of that last hour? It kind of just flew by. It was a blur. Yeah. I think uh, you know, value investing does still exist. Just got to throw that in there. Yeah. Uh, is it is it dead for the moment? Yeah, but when it comes back alive, you know, it'll be more live than ever. So AMC, got to bring that up. It's on right. $25 Let's down go. a little bit. Um, let's see what else I got going here. Let's bring it up. Anything you see? Uh, I've only really been looking at AMC for the last for the last hour since I've been on with you. Uh Okay, nothing's really changed since we started. I guess we're at no, nothing's really changed um, in in the last hour. So, you know, again, remember it's the end of the month. Everyone, there's going to be some volatility at the close, right? We have no no market on Monday, so you you can get some crazy swings happen in the, in the final half hour or the final ten minutes. So let's have that on our radar. Let's not forget that. But uh, for the moment, you know. Uh, the, the, the trade is off. And and remember, AMC has been your leader. So what does that mean? Oh, AMC reverses. Okay, so screw AMC. Get it off your screen. Go to Beyond Meat, right? Trade that. And I'm, I'm saying at the turn, right? GameStop, not your leader. Trade GameStop's that. GameStop's down. <laughs> right, no, but I'm saying if, 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 when AMC is your leader, find the leader and then go trade the followers. Like BlackBerry is a follower, right? BBBY, Bed Bath is a follower, right? That's how you trade this thing. You don't spend all day watching AMC you and then trying to catch that. No. You see what AMC is doing. You observe it's the leader. And when, whatever AMC does, you go and trade its peers. And right now, its peers are Bed Bath. And how is Nikola doing? Uh, right, Nikola chart looks identical, right? It's Nikola. It's Bed Bath. It's, it's BlackBerry, right? Uh, I had the whole list this morning. Uh, yeah. How like how's Ride doing? R I D E. Same. I know. Uh, right. Microvision is going to make a bit of a recovery here. I saw that in the the chat and just pulled up the chart. That's making a pretty nice recovery. Just bounced off some support, so it should be interesting to see how that goes. But definitely don't want to discount what Spencer is saying. Right. Don't just get focused on one stock because it made headlines today. Right. There's a lot more going on to the market. You have access to all these different uh, tickers, all these different stocks. Yep. And uh, take advantage of it. All right, that's going to be a wrap for us. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.